0: Hi, welcome to the Get Strong and Healthy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. We have a special guest, Shelley Belk. I've worked with Shelley as a client of hers and gone through her her, <laughs> her mentorship for health and fitness coaches. She is an amazing coach, mentor, and friend. And I can't wait for all of you to hear the gems she is about to drop for you today. So Shelly, if you could introduce yourself and what you do, we can go from there.
1: Hi, Anna. Thank you. No, no pressure about the gems (laughs) being dropped. I'll do my best. Um, Yeah, thank you. I'm really, I'm really excited to be here. So I'm working on my title. I don't know what to call myself anymore. I just finished a master uh, life coaching course, super intense. So I'm a... Master life coach. I am a board certified behavior analyst and I currently call myself a behavior change coach.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Cool. So today I was thinking what we could talk about is how to set resolutions, goals, intentions for 2023, right? Perfect timing. The new year is right around the corner and how to make these goals actually meaningful to you and step into this you know new person that you want to be and how to really make this time different than you know the typical resolutioner who is setting these goals and then you know by February it's it's um you know out the window type of thing and um yeah how to make kind of true lasting change in your life that you want to see so where do you want to start <laughs> with this?
1: Yeah, no, this is, this is so awesome. Cause I think it speaks to my evolution as well. When I first started coaching, um, I was really just like in the the health space and, and I was like, okay, like with my behavior analyst mind, like we're going to break things down and like goals, 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 goals. But like, it really is about intention. And it really is about stepping into that person that you want to become. And, um, and the goals are great. Uh, but I think that people tend to just kind of of stop there. Um, they they know that there is either something they want to be doing or they no longer want to be doing, and then they are like, okay, let's let's just take the action, um, or let's apply smart goals, which is just like not my favorite way to approach things. Like, know that the thing that's sparking change within you is is very surface and, and it it has like a tangible quality to it and there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't want you to stop there. Um so with my clients I like to make sure that they really have an understanding of like the emotional side of what you want. Um, like how are you actually gonna feel when you're achieving this, when you're beginning to take the steps into this. Um, and that's important for a few reasons oftentimes we're kind of in this like victim or worker mentality when we are in the beginning stages of goals. And what I mean by that is the victim thinks that they have to have the perfect circumstances or like they have to have things in their life before they can start doing the things um, that they want to be doing, whether that's like fitness and we're sticking to like fitness and nutrition. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It could be anything.
1: Okay. Um, And then they can be happy or they can be, they can feel lighter or or any of those things, right? But when you're already in that kind of goal um, mindset, you might kind of be what I call the worker mindset. So instead of that, the have, be, do, you're in the, what do I need to do What's all the like work, 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 action, action, action that, so that I can have the life that I want to have. I can have the circumstances. I can have the, the clothes that fit me. I can have the energy so that I can be happy. And I really try to kind of reverse engineer this with, with the people that I work with. It's like, what, let's, let's work on the being first. If you want to be happy, you want to be present. You want to feel lighter. You want to feel more energized, let's step into that. Let's practice being that person so that you can then do the things that you need to do. And then you can have all the experiences that you want to have. Um, people just don't step into that. And they're not, they're often not working on the the person that you're becoming alongside with working on the goals. Um, because also when you think of it in that way, like how many people do you know that like, have the physical body that they want, or they even have the job that they want or whatever, and they're still (laughs) miserable or unhappy and all the things, right? So this is like step one of like really, really digging into those goals and kind of almost flipping it on its head based off of the way that we have been told
0: in the past. Yes. This is so important that it's like shifting your identity right that's where we have to start is what is your identity right now and what does it need to be for you to you know do what you want to do be this be this new person a lot of people skip this step and then they find themselves reverting back to to their normal to their baseline because they haven't thought about okay I identify myself as someone who struggles to get to the gym. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna try, you know, and get to the gym. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do it. And then since they haven't shifted who they are as a, you know, as a their identity, they fall back into those patterns instead of saying, all right, I am going to become someone who works out or I am this is the new me. And so what would someone then you start asking yourself, what would someone who consistently works out what would they do in this instance so that's just kind of a you know basic example of I think what we're talking about totally
1: I mean you could even take it further and it's like what would I be wearing? What kind of music would I be listening to? Like really, really like and so that you're not so focused on the, like the goals. Cause sometimes we can get really bogged down in that, like make it playful, make it fun. I think sometimes we think goal setting is to be so serious. So like, think of all those kind of like fun little, like alter ego identities as well. Um, especially in the beginning stages, like you will be so surprised at how quickly that will, that can shift and, and become you.
0: Um, Question for you. What are your thoughts on, you mentioned, you know, setting intentions. What are your thoughts on goals versus intentions and which you think is best to focus on? Or is it a mix of both pros, cons type of thing?
1: I think it's a mix of both. Um, I think when you try to go one too far one side and the other you're just like missing the magic of of what both can look like and i like to call it um like your soul line and your goal line um you you know people like to talk about law of attraction or things like that it's like but you still have to take the action and so the intention is you know this is my intention right but like you still need to be taking the intentional action i like to call it um like that you have you understand like your values right? Like I'm the person who can do X, Y, and Z. This is the person I want to become. This is what I stand for. This is what matters to me. And my actions are in alignment with those values or your intentions, whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, But I think that, and if you don't have that, then you don't have a clear driver. You don't have this motivating factor. Um, And it's really easy to just Let the ego or that parts of you are like, well, it's not really that important. Like I wasn't expecting life to blow up in my face and blah, blah, blah. It's like really easy to get derailed when you're not really, really intentional with what you, what you're calling in for your life. Um, so yeah, I, I, to me, it's both. It's absolutely both. And that soul, that soul line or whatever you want to call it, the intention is going to be more of that feelings based. Um, and the goals are going to be more of those tangible like these are my little steps that I'm taking in order to to start
0: um, chipping away at that and i I love that you mentioned the the little steps and the breaking it down. I think this is a big part that is missed is people will set these huge goals in, you know, fitness or career or whatever. but we're not thinking about. The day to day, right? And we wonder, you know, why these goals feel so hard to reach. It's we have to reverse engineer them down to these small little things that we're doing every single day because that's what matters and that's what adds up to, you know, the big picture.
1: Totally. I think we have like a really large problem with all or nothing. (laughs) And and here's the funny thing I was actually going to make a post about this is that people think that maybe they've healed their all or nothing behaviors like outwardly, but they still have like all or nothing internally. Like if I even don't hit this micro goal, I'm going to completely spiral and beat myself up. Like that's still an all or nothing response. And you know, people like to talk about willpower and motivation and um, y- you will be more motivated when you emotionally can celebrate yourself. Like what gets celebrated gets repeated. So if you're able to reverse engineer and you're able to have those small steps and you truly allow yourself to celebrate it, because people won't, they'll say, well, but I still am not at the, the end goal. If You can truly celebrate that or even just like, hey, like I didn't hit that exact goal, but like I still walked around like that person, like that is still worth celebrating. To me, that's the missing link, link, link. <laughs> um, that's the missing link, yeah. Uh, because we, we just beat ourselves up all day long, all day long, have put unrealistic expectations. Um, and, and to speak to the motivation, if that's okay. Um, there's this misconception that you have to muster up all of, all of this motivation, like it's there or it's not. The truth is you're motivated all day long. Every single moment, um, whether you're aware of it or not, you are constantly making choices. Most of them you're not aware of because it's habituated, but your choices are based off of your motivation. So it's either moving you away from um, pain or towards pleasure. And, and the problem is when it comes to the motivation and you're unaware of, of what you're choosing, you're you're really playing to survive instead of playing to win. And like, really hear me on that because I don't think there's a single person that I've ever done a kickoff session with in, in in my own coaching that doesn't state their goals. And especially that desired emotional state in a positive way. They all say it in a negative way. Like when I really start breaking down, okay, so, you know, you want, you have health goals, you want to exercise five days a week. That's usually where they want to stop, right? It's like, okay, why is that important to you? Well, you know, I don't want to be out of breath anymore. Okay, I keep going, right? Well, um, what's important about not being out of breath anymore? Well, then I, then I just won't feel like so bad about myself. Like, it's all the things that I don't want. I don't want, I don't want. Like, you have to also know what you do want. And this is so important because your brain is, your mind is so powerful. It's like a laser. So if you're just saying, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, and you're not actually saying where you do want to go, maybe it's fear that you don't think it's actually possible. You're missing out on all the opportunities to actually make the powerful choice that I can go that direction. That is who I say I want to be. Because if you say, I don't want to be out of breath anymore, you can make the choice to just sit on the couch because guess what? You won't be in the discomfort of being out of breath (laughs) because your brain's like, yep, that's what I don't want. I don't want to feel out of breath. But no, like if we actually put in the work and we're actually showing up and we're able to increase our capacity for that, like that's truly what you want. And, and and it's hard. It's really hard for people to state what they want in a positive way. And it makes sense. We have a negativity bias, but you've got to train yourself to to be able to see it that way. I think that's like a really um, important piece to that in in terms of like actually creating the intentions and the goals, making sure that they are stated in what you actually want and not so blanketed in what you don't want.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's really easy to, to live in those low vibe emotions of, you know, we're, we're talking about what we want, what we don't want. And it's just these feelings of guilt and shame and versus can we focus on, Like you said, what we do want, what we do want to create. And it's like, it's like the adding in things in your health and fitness journey versus taking away. It's the same kind of concept as it's focusing on these additive, positive things versus taking away, taking away, you know, feeling restricted type of thing. It's you're getting the same result. Well, maybe not the same result, but it's the same desired result, just looking at it in a different way. And you're going to, be more successful looking at it in in that better light.
1: Totally. Like to speak to that, especially I think people listening, like when you're adding those things in, this is why I think it's important to have that goal line and that soul line because – that goal line might move a little bit slower when you're adding things in. You might want to say, okay, but when I completely restrict, like I'm able to drop this much more weight and da, 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 But are you actually like the intention? Are you, are you actually being the person you want to be? Or are you just like, I hate my life. Like this is too hard. It's not sustainable. So like you your goal line and your soul line might not be moving at the same speed, but you have something else to reference. Like when I'm able to add things in, like I'm actually really excited about my goals. I'm like really excited to show up and be that person because I'm not just like bogged down by all the things that like have been taken away in my life that I can no longer do or enjoy. And I think that's like so huge in terms of, like you said, it's it, it's goal setting, but it's like this is for sustainable um, transformation,
0: yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the, you s- letting yourself celebrate these small things. And often we can overlook the little wins that we're having. And, you know, with clients every week, I'm asking them their wins and, you know, talking about it with them. It can feel so small, but all these little things are adding up and you're building your self efficacy, right? Is that the right? Term that I'm using here, self
1: um, Yeah, the belief in yourself for sure.
0: Yeah, through these little small wins, versus like you said, just hyper-fixating on this outcome. If you're just focusing on the destination, right, and not celebrating the journey, being in the journey, it's going to be a lot harder. The Sal Stefanel he has a quote: "It's the man who enjoys the journey will walk farther than the man who's." just after the destination, yeah. which is so true have you ever been on a walk with someone where they're just like, oh my gosh, how much longer are we going to be walking versus a person who's enjoying the moment and uh and you know they it time flies by
1: totally totally I think um it reminds me of a Matthew McConaughey quote from his book it's like um if you're if you stare at the mountain, the whole time you'll trip along the way or something like that, which is like speaks to the same thing. You know, like there's so much self-discovery to be had in those in those processes as well. Like I always say all or nothing is the easy way out. Um, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to do this thing. And you don't have to focus on the perceived failures and um, what you might need to actually look at in your life when you're just like, well, I'm just going to go right from here to there but when you're really in the process of it, like there's so many gifts, they're hard, sometimes they're painful and they're challenging. There's so many things that you can learn about yourself, which I think to me brings like, again, this is like so important in goal setting is like your level of self-awareness as well. Um, understanding, why you can't take action on certain goals that you've had in the past cuz you're going to have to bring all of that into if you really really want to make a change in your life you're going to have to look at that stuff and most people don't want to <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so what are steps you can take to increase your self awareness
1: what are steps you can take to increase your self awareness honestly the number one thing i can tell you is to just be curious most of us just live our life being judgmental. Yeah. Yeah. We just judge and there's like, there's power in in judgment and that can be a conversation for another day, but judgment just shuts everything down and it's a safety mechanism. If you were really to ask yourself um, and, and be curious, ask yourself WH questions all day long, all day long, just ask yourself WH questions and just find out Is like see what's there because that curiosity and that self-awareness needs to be fostered in tandem with your goals because you're going to mess up like I tell my clients that all the time you're going to mess up and I want you to tell me this is literally part of it you have to expect that self-sabotage is going to be present and you're going to mess up and you're going to want to overdo it or maybe you're going to you know want to underdo it just depending on what your personality patterns are but like anytime that you're going to put a goal in front of yourself I say this all the time on my, my Instagram page, like behavior changes inside out work. It just is. You, you have to look at, at the, the self-sabotage that's present and have the self-awareness. There's to me, they're just messengers. They're not some big, scary thing. They're just messengers. There's just needs that aren't being met. And And they're going to look different based off of everyone's survival or protective patterns. This is why I don't think you can just educate yourself on Instagram and YouTube and all those things because everybody's are different based off your behavioral patterns. Um, And it's not just your personality. Like what we like to call our personality is not what you think. Like, sure, we have traits that we're looking for, but when you want to make significant changes to your life... Um, you have to really look at the layers that you've, you've built up in your life to keep yourself safe. And they're like, sometimes they're so nitty gritty and you have no idea that you're even doing them, but goals are like a really beautiful way to, to start seeing like, oh my gosh, like, why do I do that? And the biggest thing I see people do is that they'll try to change the goal without the self-awareness. Um, let's say like, okay, I don't want to binge eat sweets at night anymore. Like I literally had a client like this. And so they just want that behavior to go away. The goal is not eat binge binge eat sweets anymore, right? But then they're not realizing that that was a functioning strategy. That was a need that was being met. And when you don't replace that with an alternative strategy, that's similar, right? It it functions the same way. Of course, you're going to go back to the binge eating, of course you are. It met a need. And if you're not curious, okay, well, what was the need that it was meeting? Um, you know, like what, what am I really afraid of if I, if I don't do this, you know, what happens, what's all, what's the constant thing that happens before I go into this cycle? If you're not asking yourself those questions, judgment's going to come right in and you're just going to say, well, I've always been this way, which is just reinforcing the idea that you can't change. Yeah. So, just, just a small, just a small uh, <laughs> example of what that
0: can look. Yeah, like. it's that that self sabotage, and this reminds me of the work we did together. My biggest thing was staying up later than I wanted to, and looking back at that time, that was a form of self sabotage. And you know, it was what what need was I getting with that time. It was the sense of freedom. And then it comes back to not giving myself that freedom during the day, right? Being constantly do, 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 doing this, you know, and not having that me time. So I would crave that me time and I would stay up too late. And it's, it's called a uh, revenge bedtime procrastination, right?
1: When you... <laughs> I don't know. I like that <laughs> name though. It's, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's a thing. I, I, um, I was like Googling stuff and I, I found that this is like an actual thing is the revenge bedtime procrastination. And that's definitely been my, that was my biggest struggle and continues to be something that I work on. But looking at it from instead of, oh gosh, why can't I just go to bed earlier? It's gonna solve all my problems, you know, like I'm it's it's just gonna fix everything. like what, you know, I just I want to be going to bed earlier. Instead, I'm looking at, all right, why am I doing this? truly? Like, what is the need there? and and it's it's hard to even realize, like especially in the moment of these habits, that having that level of self-awareness of what what this habit with this pattern is giving you is really tough it is
1: it is tough to do by yourself because again all your protective strategies are going to come up and um and we don't want to look under the hood. (laughs) It can be scary if you don't know what's there, right? Like most people, um, avoid the unknown. That's why we like to control, 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 but, but that level of self-awareness, like, which is so beautiful. And I love that you said it's still something I'm working on. Like we need to like say that louder. Like there are things that I'm working on that, like, it's just layer by layer by layer. Um, it's not just like you have the light bulb moment and it's gone. Um, you have like very like soup. I like to think of it like a super highway of your neural pathways. Like this is the behavior that you've been engaged in, and it's going to take time to build new neural pathways. And you're just going to like. Why would you want to go down the bumpy road if you can just go, you know, the way that you've always gone? And it's just going to take time. Um, And. And there's also a huge level of compassion that, that needs to come when you're doing this, this change, right. So that you can keep showing up and you don't just shut down and say, this isn't for me. Um, but I think in saying that, um, that, that self-awareness gets to go so much deeper too. like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not allowing that freedom in my time, but it's also, okay. So what is valued? You know, cause a lot of this stuff, like your beliefs are formed by the age of seven. What was valued in your family? I'm not asking you like specifically, but I want you, you know, people to think, because if you're in that do, 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 which is most of the people that I work with, it's like, um, busyness, productivity, accomplishments are valued free time, not valued, right? And so you're literally going against, that's where the self-sabotage can be so powerful. It's like, it's protecting you from these paradigms, these beliefs that you have formed. And if you were to separate yourself from that, and that's what your family valued, well, forget it. If you leave the tribe, you're done for. You wouldn't survive. Like it really goes that deep that you're not even aware of. So Um, and that might be not where somebody, like, if you're listening to this and it's like not where you're at, that is more than okay. Just start with the why question or not even, I don't even like why questions. I think that that brings a level of judgment. Like what? Okay. So what's important to me when I'm, when I'm, um, filling my schedule and I have no free time, what's the experience I'm actually going for? Just ask lots of what questions.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I, you mentioned a word, compassion. That I want to dive into. I think this is missed and extremely important when it comes to behavior change. So, can you share with us what is compassion and where are people often not using it, and how can we use it to our advantage to create the changes we want to see?
1: Yeah. So, compassion literally means um, with suffering. So, to be with your suffering. Um, and this is hard for people, we try and do everything to avoid uncomfortable emotions. I mean, emotions in general, honestly, but especially the the uncomfortable ones. And this was so huge for me personally and while I was, as I was starting to understand it and really every single one of my clients, like to me, there's just like prerequisites in my opinion that and and maybe pre isn't the right word, but there's things that just need to be worked on in tandem to, to achieving your goals. And compassion is one of those things. Um, because again, it's really learning to sit with your emotions, but it's also understanding that when you do do behaviors that feel like, oh my gosh, like why, why did I do that thing again? I said, I wasn't going to do that again, really understanding that. Like I can't stand it. And I was one of those people when people call your inner critic, like your inner asshole, it's not, it is not. There's really amazing functioning reasons that you do things and it's all for the, for your highest good, even when it doesn't look like it. And when you can finally start to uncover that and if anyone's like, how do you do that? I think like the best way to do that is internal family systems. Um, look it up. There's books, like it's an incredible tool, but when you can really see that, like there's ways that you are behaving to protect you, you start to understand the need you can start replacing that. And you're like, Oh, I'm not a terrible person. I don't have to be filled with shame. I'm not wrong. I'm not bad. I'm none of these things. I simply just had to to do this to survive, or I'm too scared to look at that, or I'm too scared to feel that. And when you can really start to be with that and understand that, you're going to show up for yourself so differently, so differently.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned compassion being huge for you on your journey. It's been the biggest game changer for me in specifically talking about my health and fitness journey. I was totally that person beating myself up. I would overeat or I would skip the gym or whatever it was. I was beating myself up. Gosh, Anna, why are you doing this again? I seriously, like I would have all of this negative self-talk and that just perpetuates the cycle of the the behaviors that you don't want. You just, you spiral into this negative thinking. You're, it, it's not helpful when i was able to shift to having compassion for myself looking at being curious looking at this more objectively saying okay what, like what is this trying to teach me what can i learn from this and then from there okay now i have information to pivot i actually was able to progress and and see the cha- and make the changes that i wanted to make in in my journey
1: yeah, I think it's so important. I think that people think it's giving yourself um like letting yourself off the hook. It's not it's not that. Like you get to also lovingly hold yourself at your vision. I also think it's really important for you to have someone that can hold you at your vision too. Um but if if you're listening to this and you're like, no, like that's, that's not the way to do it. You know, like you've got to punish, like, again, have the curiosity of like, hmm, where did I learn that? Where did I learn that? Cause you were probably punished as a child or you were um, motivated by, again, the motivation is going um, towards pleasure or away from pain. You were probably motivated to not get in trouble, to not, Whatever happened in your life, and so that's just like really ingrained, and it, it would feel not safe to to have more compassion for yourself. Um, so worth exploring if if there's some resistance for anybody listening to this.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that you mentioned having compassion for yourself is not letting yourself off the hook. I think that is a that's a huge misconception, and you see it in the you see it often in the fitness industry. People, you know, posting just you know, discipline, hustle, work hard. No one cares, you know. Just do better, be better, and it's like, okay, <laughs> is that really? I mean, for some people, maybe that's where they're at, and that would be a, a, something that's helpful. But for most people, it just having that kind of that that way of talking down on yourself as a way to motivate yourself is feels like it's probably helpful, but it's, it's really, um, it's not. And it's been shown in, um, in studies, right. That. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That compassion is, is more effective for behavior change. Absolutely. I mean,
1: I also look at those people like, yeah, there's people that can do the really extreme all or nothing and it works for them. But I, I also like, what does the rest of your life look like?
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: you know like how are you showing up as a partner how are you showing up at, at work or a business owner or, or any of those things um and what do your highs and lows look like because and that kind of leads me to like stress like stress is <laughs> such a huge indicator of, of whether or not you're going to be successful in in your habit or your behavior change because I've not met a single person um, that's worked with me that we don't look at their coping strategies when it comes to stress. Um I've said this a million times, but like your well-being is is in the hands of your coping skills. And and that's, you know, you could speak to the the indicators of health, like when it comes to stress, but even just from like a mindset, like ability to create change in your life perspective everything, like when you are in those highs and lows, like I was saying, like you're just like super on edge or literally your body cannot metabolize being at that high level of stress when you're like, yeah, like we're going to get it. You're going to end up withdrawing. You're going to end up like, you just cannot sustain that. And that's where like you have these extreme highs and lows. Um, and, and we have to look at that. We, we really have to look at how you're coping with that and how this is benefiting you or not benefiting you um, and increasing your capacity. I think that's another misconception is like, oh, we're just supposed to remove all the stressors in our life so that we can achieve the things that we want to achieve. That's just literally not possible. Like life is going to life. Uh, you want a big life, you're going to have big challenges. And we need to actually learn how to meet your stress, have a different relationship with it so that you can hold more stress might sound counterintuitive, but you can literally have the capacity to withstand more of that and continue to show up and not let it completely derail you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, First off, I love the life is going to life. (laughs) (laughs) That is like my new favorite saying, I think. Um, that's, That's amazing. But yeah, I have been on my own journey and especially in 2022. It's been a lot of reflection on my stress management, where my nervous system is at and realizing that that is the root of pretty much everything that you know, I'm struggling with and there's been times where I have felt like I'm on this like climb of increasing my capacity and that's been most of this year is learning how to take on more and but not it be too much and building myself up and there's been times where I have to okay I know I need to pull back for a second and like recharge and then I'm able to continue upping my stress capacity and I love that it's I think what you said it's a misconception that we need to remove stress from our lives, which is not the case. We need to learn how to manage it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and really learn just how to um, just like, again, like the compassion, the gentle, like all of those things are going to play such an important role because when you are in that, that level of stress, um, I call it like Hulk brain, everything's filtered through that. So you can you can have all the affirmations and all the things on your mirror, but when life does happen and you are out of your what I call window of tolerance within your nervous system, it doesn't matter if there's actually a challenge or a stressor in front of you. If you are stressed, everything will be per- perceived as a threat. And you're going to go right back to your old ways of coping because your body doesn't actually want to be there. So it's going to say like, how can I bring myself back down to my window of tolerance? And for some of you, it's a very narrow window, window of tolerance. And that's where you're going to go back to the binge eating. And you're going to go to the scrolling and all the things, because your body's not meant to just like, go, 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 go. And be in those, those higher low states at all times. Um, and so, and again, like to, to drive this home. This is also perceived like challenges as in it's not actually a challenge, but you, where you are in your brain, like your higher function in your frontal cortex cortex is shut off. You can't think of, um, solutions. You're not problem solving. You're not thinking about the future. You're not doing any of those things when you are constantly in, in that high stress state. And so, goals like forget about it. You we have to look at your stress. We have to. And again, this this gets to be in tandem. It's not an all or nothing. Like, okay, I have to have all these things figured out before I can set goals. Like, but you've got to one know how to do it, have the right people around you, um, and really be intentional that you're not just going to set a, a goal just to set a goal. Like, know that that this is going to have to shift on on different levels for
0: you. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the prefrontal cortex. When I learned about the brain under stress, I was blown away and felt so much compassion for myself when I learned that when our when we're really stressed out, our amygdala, right? Is that's what's going to be that's the impulsive mm-hmm. center of the brain that is is uh, kind of turned on and the prefrontal cortex the you know the high level thinking decision making logic that is much harder to access and use when we are under this high level of stress and you know imagine you're going through life so many people myself included have you know you're in chronic periods of stress and we never get out of that state so how can we actually shift you know make a, a form a new habit that's it's not going to work when we're not able to use our prefrontal cortex to you know to, to make a conscious decision everything is on autopilot you're going through life you're you know you're taking the easiest path of path, path of least resistance in your daily habits versus intentionally creating your life because you're living in this state of constant stress when I learned that it, it made so much sense and it, it it gave me, you know, just this whole new level of compassion for myself and, and looking back in the past of, okay, I've, you know, I was in this really stressful season, struggling so much with my health behaviors. Oh, (laughs) there's the connection. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's, you're not giving yourself, um, you're not playing with a full deck. Right. And so to me, um, being trauma informed, you've got to learn how to regulate the nervous system first, but not just regulate. Like the first thing is, is to release, right? Like when you're um, so many of us have (laughs) anger that we've not looked at, right? Resentment, especially I think people that struggle with goal setting the most are like tend to be people pleasers, right? Like we've got to learn how to set boundaries. There's just so many things that in order to like really, really be successful in this, um, so that you're not having a lot of emotions that you're having to work through or suppress or all of those things to give your system, your nervous system, a fighting chance, um, and working through all of those things so that you can be really successful. Cause at the end of the day, if you really look at the goals and this is why we're beating ourselves up, they're pretty simple. (laughs) <laughs> in theory they're pretty simple but there's like all the underneath stuff of like and this is why it it makes it that much harder to show up because and we don't want to look at that or maybe
0: we don't know how to look at that yeah yeah I, I love this conversation we've kind of I feel like we've been jumping around but it's all ties together and it, it's I think this is going to help you, in one way or another, increase your level of awareness and be able to, you know, approach this new year with looking at what you want to create for yourself and and where you are holding yourself back. And I want to come back to the all or nothing. We we've mentioned this a couple times, and it's a huge thing we see in health and fitness. Is is the all or nothing type of actions? But you mentioned. It being like an internal thing, of sometimes we heal the external type behaviors, right? With with all or nothing behaviors, but it's like inside we're still falling into that all or nothing. And I find myself doing it uh, it, it, often, and it's a lot of the time I'm able to go, okay, I'm aware of this, and what's actually, what do I actually want to do here? what's what's the truth? Can I find a middle ground? But then there are times where I look back and I go, okay, that definitely was all or nothing thinking, and I wasn't even aware of it. So how can what's something that listeners can take away of how they can shift their all or nothing thinking or or what they can do to, you know, be aware of it and um, take steps to actually, you know, create what they want versus, being all on or all off type of thing. Yeah. So it's a big question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know me, I'm like, there's layers to this. Um, but I think just the the simplest practice to start having is kind of like you were saying, like, really, just question yourself. Like I, I ask my clients, like when you're having these thoughts that are unhelpful, um, uh, would this hold up in a court of law? And a lot of the times we like to create a lot of stories in our mind and again, it's protection. Um, But if it's not fact, do your best to let it go or or really just more of that curiosity of like, what is this fear? Because like all or nothing is fear-based. What is this fear like want me to know? What is it protecting me from? And then go back to that intention or those values and move in that direction. Because the thing is your fear, your self-doubt, your criticism, that can all be present while you still take action towards what you really, really want. And you know, I think so often people lack mindfulness, I mean that's like also a prerequisite to me, um, of that your your brain's just a word machine. It's just gonna produce thoughts all day long, even all night long, right? And and what people, they they don't they fuse with their thoughts and we want to create some distance there for for you to say like, do I want to get taken away by this? Or can I choose another way to view this? And and I think that would be the simplest way to just even begin. Cause I think so many people don't do that
0: yeah I love uh, a word you mentioned is is this thought unhelpful or helpful versus I think the language we're often using is bad or good, good. yes, yeah, yeah,
1: totally and, which yeah. we do we we look at it as um it's very natural to think look at things black and white, but good versus bad thinking will often, Especially when it comes to goals, if you are thinking that something is bad, it is going to make you question whether you are worthy to have what you're looking for. Because if you do something bad, it's really easy. If you do something bad, and anyone that's not listening, I did air quotes, um, it's really easy to spiral into I am bad. Uh, so yeah to I I try my best especially with my daughter to like not use good or bad language like at all anymore
0: (laughs) yeah and keep in mind this is all this is very often unconscious right we label ourselves unconsciously as oh my yeah we're doing something bad that makes us then you know a bad person and not worthy of the, the things that we want and I think this is probably hard to conceptualize for people who haven't, you know, gone through transformation, like made big progress changes in their life. Um, But when you can be aware of when you're labeling things like that, good or bad, we talk about it with food, right? Not labeling foods as good or bad, looking at it as more of a spectrum. It, It all ties back to that all or nothingness. And how can you shift looking at your behaviors from I'm doing something bad, this is bad to, you know, what is being curious, right? And seeing how you can do something that's more helpful for you in that moment. So for example, a coping mechanism to stress. Often some people will reach for food, snacks, right? And that's a coping strategy, right? We want to feel good. We want to feel some pleasure because we are in such a state. We don't know how to handle these, you know, strong emotions that we're feeling. So we reach for that quick dopamine hit. But is that, that's likely helpful in the moment, but is that helpful for you in like the long run? No. No. What's going to be truly helpful for you in that moment is likely working through that emotion. How can you sit with that emotion, give yourself some space to process that emotion, or even do an action that will be helpful, that will help you cope, that is going to be helpful. So maybe it's taking a bath, going for a walk, right? Those are things that are going to help you versus, you know, sometimes, sometimes food can be helpful, but it, often when we reach for food, when we're, overfeeding our body that is unhelpful for us in the long run yeah
1: totally exactly and i think again just tying it all together like what is the experience i'm going for if you're bored
0: like let's get you a
1: menu of things that you can do when you're bored because if you have to think about it right then when you're already feeling that way and you're starting to like get dysregulated right your brain's offline if you can just have that already created, okay, when I'm bored, I'm going to try this. And, and even if you end up eating, but you've separated, like you've given some space to that. It's not the first thing that's reinforced every time those feelings and sensations of boredom come up or whatever emotion it may be. Um, but yeah, you nailed it. Like We have to be comfortable with our emotions or else we will be, um, we will be a slave to them, to our urges and everything else to avoid them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I love you mentioned the the board meeting. This is actually a conversation I was just having with a client. Is how can we respond? How what can we do in those moments? I love what you said. Having a menu, and it all comes back to pre planning to pre to having the idea of what we want different in in these moments of of um, how we want to respond differently, and like having a list ready. Whether you're struggling with eating when you're bored eating when you are stressed anxious what's a how can you list out a couple things that you know are actually going to be helpful for you and and trying those out instead of continuing to just reinforce the same pattern that you are experiencing yeah
1: amazing amazing um would it be okay if i share just some like kind of maybe concisely like some tips for for everyone yes we would okay, like All right. So, um, start with what you want, right? Or maybe what you don't want. That's okay. If that's all you really know, like, I know I don't want to do this anymore. I know I want this. That's fine. Then look at why this matters to you. Like, keep digging, keep asking yourself, like, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Um, really make sure you're looking at how this makes you feel and what this could open up for you in your life. Like what, what you're allowing to make space. What's for what's possible. Break down, the actual goal into those micro goals so that you're celebrating often it's going to help you with your motivation and reduce that all or nothing um and then get curious about what patterns that you have that could get in the way like again this is all that that pre-planning stuff when you're not in an emotional state it's going to be that much harder when you're in an emotional state to be curious with yourself um Make a list of perceived limitations or maybe even fears that come up for you when you start thinking of these goals and then make a separate list of actions that you could take to ensure that those those don't happen. Um, And then the last thing, like find someone that can hold you accountable, like really actually accountable not the friend who's going to do the thing with you and then as soon as you give up you're like let's go to brunch like not that friend they don't hold you accountable (laughs) someone who's not afraid to ask you what did you allow to take priority instead of that like what's actually coming up for you um and like i said earlier like the person that that sees who you're becoming and sees that highest version of you and doesn't allow for you to give up Because most of the time we think we have accountability and we don't, like people don't like confrontation. They're not going to ask you the hard questions. And that's really what you need if you're really looking to make those sustainable life changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The accountability piece, the having someone to support you, right? We're both coaches and we both obviously, um, that's the right word, not believe in coaching, but I guess. Yeah. Believe in, in in coaching. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, not that we don't believe in coaching, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's the best word to describe what I'm saying, but yes, like believe in coaching and just the power. It is so powerful to have that person, to have that coach, that trained coach to hold you accountable, like you said, versus, you know, um, you know, trying to do it on your own. Even, uh, us as coaches, we have coaches, right? Oh yeah having coaches is for any any sort of level that you're at is extremely helpful right you you see top level people in fitness there is very there's it's n- not often that you find one of those people without a coach who are you know, at Not even fitness
1: people like yeah. people like Life. Oprah and Steve Jobs, like they all had coaches, right? You all, all of us have our own perceived limitations, and and it's going to be near impossible to really break through those yourself. Anyone that like wants to do anything great, they have support for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, having a coach or a mentor, and you see ego can get in the way often right we think okay like I should be able to do this on my own and we see and I've heard that in men you know I don't have a lot of experience working with men but I've heard that in men that can be like a challenge is being like okay I you know I'm gonna work with someone else that is going to help me guide me right versus thinking I can do it all on my own type of thing yeah yeah have you noticed that
1: um Yes, I actually worked with so many amazing men, but I think it makes sense. Again, if you're not aware of of um, ingrained beliefs, like as men, they're really taught that you're 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 the provider, and if you have to look for outside help, then that really is in conflict with your identi- identity. Well, I, no, I'm supposed to be the provider. I'm supposed to be the problem solver and all those things. And so that is the ego's way of saying like, no, I'm, I am protecting this identity. I'm protecting, cause it, cause if you weren't the provider and you weren't the problem solver, then what would you be? Like, those are the types of questions that you really get to ask yourself. Um, when you're, when you're kind of being pushed against, your edges. Um, so, so yeah, it would make a lot of sense as to, right. But it's like, you could just judge that and okay, that's how men are. Or you can be like, wait, this actually makes a
0: lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, I um, the overall theme of our chat today is I think it's go deep, go deep yeah. in the questions that you ask yourself, get curious, truly like ask the hard questions and you taught me something so awesome. It's the playing the why game or not why, but the what, or maybe both. It's a mix of both, right? Where you just continue to ask yourself, all right, what is, what is this trying to teach me? Okay. Then what does that mean? Okay. Now what's the next layer? And we keep going deeper and deeper. And I do this with my clients when we're diving into their why behind their goals, right? whenever I'm, Starting to work with clients, I'm asking them, "Why do you want to achieve these goals?" And oftentimes, it's kind of a surface level answer, which, you know, that's not wrong. But then I'll ask them again, "Okay, why is that important to you? Why is this important to you?" And then we keep going deeper to find that core driver, that core motivator. And so that really just speaks to the whole, I think, conversation today is get curious and go deep with your thinking and that is where we can find true the ability to create this awesome change in the shift that you want in your life. Yes. I love it. I love it. You know me. I'm like, go deep. Yes. 100% (laughs) here for it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Shelley. It was amazing chatting with you. And I know that this will be so valuable for people and um, appreciate you. And any, any, final words and also where can people find you? Oh my goodness. Um, no, this
1: was awesome. The time went so fast. <laughs> uh, this was awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, final words, you can do this. Um, none of you are broken. You all just have things that you've been well-practiced in. That's it. And you get to practice another way. And, um, and yeah, you can find me, I'm mostly active on Instagram at Shelly Belt Coaching. That's the same as my website, shellybeltcoaching.com. And um, yeah, you can always pop in my DMs, ask me questions. I'm happy to answer them. And um, and if you are a health and fitness coach listening to this and, and want to understand behavior change and self-sabotage, I do also have um, my mentorship program. You can find that on my website as
0: well. Shelly's coaching and mentoring is absolutely awesome. I'll put her, all of her info in the show notes. You just dropped an absolute mic mic drop right at the end there, right? Like you have, like you said, what was it? You have things that you've practiced and you can practice new and different things. And I love that. And it's just, it's really powerful when you learn about these things, you are never stuck. Um, you you have the ability to change if you want to, if that's what you want for yourself you can make that happen with the right support, the right strategies and um, awareness. So thank you so much, Shelly. and um, have a have a good rest of your day and everyone else too. Bye, bye.